Welcome to A Flame for Christ, homilies to set your heart on fire with love for Jesus Christ. My name is Father Joseph Gill, priest of the Diocese of Bridgeport, Connecticut, and you've joined us on this 31st Sunday of Ordinary Time. So Mark Hart was a young teen who was forced to go on his confirmation retreat. And like a lot of teens, he totally dreaded it. All he could think was, oh man, this is going to be some super boring, lame weekend where I have to sit there and listen to nothing but a bunch of lectures over and over again. And as it turned out, the weekend was just as bad as he anticipated. It was pretty boring until Saturday night. And on Saturday night, the teens were all there in adoration, where the Eucharist is placed in a golden vessel called a monstrance with a clear center so everyone can come and pray in front of him. And the band was playing praise songs and everybody was praising Jesus. And Mark was just sitting there in the last pew, just like waiting to get out of there. He was dreading it. He was thought this was the most awful thing of his life. But as he was sitting there, looking at the Eucharist, all of a sudden, the most random thought popped into his head. What if this is true? What if that Eucharist really is Jesus? And all of a sudden, he was consumed with a burning hunger to know, was this all really true? Was the Eucharist really God? Was Jesus really who he said he was? Are heaven and hell real? Is the Catholic Church really the true church founded by Christ? And for the rest of that night, he just poured those questions out to the Lord, this heart burning within him to know whether or not this was true. And when he got home, he sought for answers. And the answers he found convinced him that yes, all of this really is true. And this was the beginning of his, con- his conversion. Mark Hart is now a very popular uh, speaker about the Catholic faith and goes all over. He's kind of an expert in the Bible. He's known as the Bible geek, speaks to teens with a great passion for the scriptures. It all became clear to him as soon as he asked that question, is this true? You know, in today's second reading, St. Paul rejoices that the Thessalonians accepted the gospel not as the word of men, but he said, as it truly is the word of God, he, they recognized that this was divine revelation, not just merely a myth or a legend that St. Paul came to tell them. But it still boggles my mind that there are many, yes, many Catholics, even church-going Catholics, who don't believe that all this is true. A while back, one of our parishioners teaches at St. Joseph's High School in Trumbull, and he was telling me that, I guess some weird stuff had been going on in the hallway, like some, you know, hearing some voices and things like that and like shadows and things. And so he and another teacher in the chaplain ended up calling in the diocesan exorcist to go and bless the entire school. So later on, this teacher was talking with another teacher about just about what was going on and the demons and angels and the spiritual life. And another teacher overheard them. And this other teacher who themselves is a practicing Catholic said, wait, do you guys actually all believe that stuff about like, you know, angels and demons? Uh, yeah, they do. Because Christianity is not just a nice myth or comforting philosophy meant to make us feel better about ourselves. I'm here to tell you that Christianity is true. And all of that, angels, demons, heaven, hell, the reality of the word made flesh, the reality of the Eucharist is all absolutely true. Now, how can we be, can we be sure? Well, it is true that it's not something that we can scientifically prove. And I can't prove I have a soul. I can't prove the Eucharist is really Jesus. But there's a lot of things in life that we can't prove, but are based instead on evidence. Proof is something that you can replicate in a lab, something you can see under a microscope. Evidence points the way to a deep reality, but it doesn't bring us all the way there. The gap between evidence and belief is what we call faith. So evidence can take you 95% of the way there, but to get to 100% is the leap of faith. But think about what we believe on faith just in an everyday life, right? I can't prove that my mother loves me. 
There's no scientific test to show how much love somebody has. But I do believe it. I believe it because I've seen lots of evidence. You know, my mother tells me that she loves me. She's cooked me food and given me gifts and in many other ways shown me the love that I believe she has for me. Or, for example, I cannot prove that Julius Caesar ever existed, right? I can't go back in time and shake his hand and see him face to face, but there's enough evidence of writings and documents of people that knew him that I do believe that Julius Caesar really existed. So what is the evidence for the truth of Catholicism? Well, let's look at several pieces of evidence, and this is not by any means a comprehensive list. First, the fact that the Bible itself is a historical document telling real stories of real people who really encountered God. In fact, we have over 6,000 manuscripts, fragments, and whole books that were written by hand from the first couple centuries of the Bible. By contrast, for Aristotle, we only have 49 manuscripts of his writings. In addition, archaeology has often supported the claims that the Bible's made. For example, divers have found at the bottom of the Red Sea chariot wheels. Well, how could they get there unless that whole story about Israel coming out of Egypt and passing through the Red Sea was real history, right? Also, I think through the past, one of, one of the great uh, testimonies to the reality of Christianity is the martyrs. Over the past 12, 20 centuries, over 50 million people have shed their blood for Jesus Christ. Now, would 50 million people die for an empty myth? No, only if they believe this was absolutely true. In addition to the martyrs, you can look at all of the holy priests and religious, all of the holy marriages, the works of mercy, the acts of charity, the way in which the church has started the scholastic system and the scientific method and the hospital system and, and done so much to just basically build all of Western civilization. You'd say this would be hard to say that this is based upon a myth or a legend. Now, I admit that these pieces of evidence do not prove that Catholicism is true, but they are pieces of convincing evidence. And I've seen enough evidence that I'm convinced. Now, I'm not asking anyone to believe blindly, though. The medieval scholastics had a great line. Their motto was, Fides querens intellectum, which literally means faith-seeking understanding. It's not an ask for blind faith. We believe, and we seek to understand the reasons why we believe. And when we seek to understand them, we have to go to the sources, right? So don't get your information about the Catholic faith from Instagram or Discord. Go and look at the Catechism of the Catholic Church. Go and look at the writings of the Church Fathers. Go and look at the documents from the Magisterium, from the Popes and the Bishops. That's where we're going to find the authentic Catholic faith and the reasons why we believe what we believe. Now, faith is not merely just an intellectual exercise. It's not just something in the mind. In fact, St. James, in his letter, makes clear the distinction between what he calls dead faith and living faith. Dead faith is saying, yes, I acknowledge God to be real and all of this to be true. But living faith means that that faith we have is then put into practice. And this is why Jesus criticizes, in today's gospel, these Pharisees. Oh, they believed all right. They had it all up in their mind, but they didn't live out what they believed. They didn't practice what they preach. And when we consider what we believe, there are some very real-world consequences to all of our faith. For example, if we really believe that heaven and hell are realities, which one are we living for? If we really believe that we have a soul, why do we not take as much care of our soul as we do about our body? If we really believe that prayer brings us into union with the living God, why do we not prioritize that every day? If we really believe the scriptures are the word of God spoken to us, why do we not immerse ourselves in it? 
If we really believe that the Eucharist is Christ's body and blood, that should influence the choices we make on Sunday mornings. Now, I I guess that's why we say that we're practicing Catholics, because none of us live out what we believe perfectly. But I got to be honest, I believe that it's true, and I'm trying to live it out. And so, you know, some of us may not be here yet, and some of us may not totally believe that it's true, but seek and you will find. And if you do believe it, seek to live it out. Live it out most fully. Because my friends, I'm willing to make the claim that Catholicism is true. I believe it because I think it's true, because there's enough evidence that points to its reality. And not only do I believe it in my mind, I want to put it into practice in my life. Do you believe it? Do you want to live it out? 